What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. And I say, I love you. And he looked right at me in his low voice and says, thank you. Welcome to the My Prince Story podcast, a podcast where we have conversations with other Big Prince fam about how the Purple Yoda has impacted their lives. I'm your host, Ada Marshall, and today I'm talking with new friend and huge Prince fam, Aaron. And excuse me while I start this episode off bragging about my Prince basement. All right, Aaron, thank you, thank you, thank you for coming today. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Now, I've bumped into you a couple times, and now I finally got to show off my basement. Pretty Awesome. The pictures do not do it justice. I am very proud of how well I did a Prince basement off of very little money because I'm in radio, so it turned out well. But a lot of my inspiration from the painting, like you'll notice the diff- very different, almost teal color to the floor, all the way to the cloud stuff I painted in the hallway, that's from like when you walk into Paisley Park. And I don't know if you noticed, the, I made the rails a glittery gold. When you come down the Didn't, steps. I'll have to see that on the way back up. I think I've got a little mesmerized by the clouds. Yeah, when my fiance saw it, she said, really? Hey, I just wanted it to have something like Paisley Park at. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's beautiful. I have a problem. A good problem. When did we realize, I think it was pretty much instantly when we met, that we just started talking about Prince. Was that at a friend's party? Yes, it was okay. at a friend's party, a friend that I work with. So he was aware of of my um, you know, infatuation with Prince. Oh, so they were probably pushing us yes, together for a conversation. Exactly. Okay. And he had mentioned, you need to go talk today. <laughs> you guys have a lot in common. Yes. So That we spent all of our money on Prince. Yes, exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. That is a true story. And he was right. Yes. And I think we bumped into each other um, maybe another another time or two. And um, you reached out to me to talk about Prince. And, the, you know, there's nothing more I love to do. When I met you at that party, I recognized you. Do you want to know why? Why? I recognized you from being one of the girls on stage during Morse Day in the Time. <laughs> that Yes, yes, you did. And yes, I was on stage with Morris Day. And um, I'm happy to say that I've also been on stage with Prince. So Have you really? I have. Well, get out. <laughs> Go. Oh, my God. On yeah. stage with Prince. Yeah. My, so my what, what concert fame. was that? Um, that was in Cleveland in 2004. I believe that was Musicology. Musicology. Okay. Yeah, he did a lot mm-hmm. with bringing people up on stage. Yes, he did. Now, I didn't go to the Cleveland show. I saw Musicology in India or no, in Cincinnati. So close. Mm-hmm. He had like this big in the round situation. Was it he the same did. for your concert? He did. Too? It was the big symbol. He had the chair that would like spin around mm-hmm. when he played acoustic. That was so yep. cool. He and brought he, so many people on stage. And he used tour. every bit of that stage in those shows. Every bit of it. Do you remember what song you're on stage to or is it all a blur? Oh, I absolutely remember what song. I was on stage for two songs. It actually seemed like I was on stage forever, which to me <laughs> was like time stood still. Right. Um, I 
I was there for Kiss. Okay. And Take Me With You. How close were you to Prince? He was about two feet from me without me knowing. Be honest, even if you had heels on, were you about the same height? He had me about about, about two inches. Get out of here. Well, I'm only 4'11". Okay. Which is one of the things I have in common with Prince. See? Um, that and our shoe size, probably. Right. Um... But yeah, he was. He had me by a couple inches, yep, no two or three kidding. inches. I did not realize he was by me. They gave us strict strict instructions before we got on the stage: do not touch him. So I'm a little bit nervous, and all of a sudden I can see I'm I'm right up to the edge of the stage, and it's kind of a long drop when you're in the round up on a lifted stage like that. You know, you're probably up in the air about maybe eight feet or so. Yeah. I look down and I can see the faces of everybody lighting up, and I'm like, oh, what's happening behind me? And I turn, and he is right behind. Behind me, dancing, playing his guitar. And I almost have to move so I don't accidentally touch him because instincts are kicking in a little bit at this point. Because <laughs> you're like, I have to put my booty on him. That's, That's right. going to happen. I mean, I'm sorry. is that why we're on stage? If no. this is the night I get kicked out of a Prince concert, this is the night so I get kicked be out of it. Yeah. <laughs> But can you think of a better reason to get kicked not, out of a Prince Not show? one better reason. And um, I can remember what he was wearing. If you remember that. Um, do you see the cover of Rolling Stone for Musicology with him in the white shirt with the red polka dots? Yes. It was very similar to that, but black. This is a bizarre question, especially coming from me. People <laughs> question my sexuality all the time because I have purple hair mm-hmm. and a girl's name. I don't care. But did you smell him? I did not. Because a lot has been made of when people have met Prince, mm-hmm. famous people and otherwise, he just smells clean and he smells like money. <laughs> like there's a smell that just comes off of him. Well, no, no, that's a really good question though I wish I would have smelled <laughs> but no I, I don't recall that at all so how many Prince concerts have you done I've been to eight oh I, I have a top five hit me my number five is actually not Prince it's the Revolution concert and I heard you talking about that concert um which one did you go to I went to the one at Majestic in Detroit oh, okay and yeah, um, I did the one in Chicago and it just melted my face yeah it was so good it was so oh. amazing, and I think, you know, you had talked about how Paisley Park brought you closure in, in one of your previous discussions, sure, sure. and um, I really felt that this concert, that concert did that for me. I mean, yeah. literally, you're in the room with everybody that has the same heartbreak that you have for someone that we've, well, some of us had met them, but... I'm just um, going to go ahead and yeah. assume that you're in a room full of complete strangers, and it is nothing but good feelings, right? Like, it's amazing. Like, like you're all connected in some weird way. Mm-hmm. It's just this weird situation where a bunch of strangers can just connect and have no issues. It's so true. It's so true. It's to have that connection. It's just so powerful. And I think, you know, that's one of the things that that makes Prince so important to me is that type of connection that he brings to people. So so was that your number five show? That's my number five. Also, during that show, we were in a VIP area. So I got to meet Bobby Z's wife. Come on. Yeah. And so now we're friends on Facebook, of course. Oh, my God. Come on. And they had canceled the meet and greet that was supposed to happen before. Right. Because of the time of the concert or someone was later. They just couldn't do it. And she knew that. I had brought my Around the World in a Day CD and because that's the one that a lot of that all the revolution that we're playing were all on that one and she took it backstage and had signed for me oh that's awesome yeah now the revolution are really cool like that a few years back well okay we're maybe five six seven years ago I was playing Words with Friends with Lisa Coleman <gasps> 
of the revolution or Wendy and Lisa. That's amazing. The whole time I was like, Dana, don't fangirl out on her. <laughs> Just play the game. The second you send her a chat, it's over. She's not going to play games with you anymore. She kicked my butt in words with friends on a constant basis. I don't know why she kept playing me. Like she would destroy me. Finally, I sent her a chat said, hey, I'm a big fan. You know, can I buy something autographed from you guys or whatever? And she said, I- I'll send you a record. What do you want it to say? And I said, please don't be mad at me. But can you say to Dana, yes, the water is warm enough. And she said, sure. For free, she sent me a record signed to Dana. Yes, the water is warm enough. I'll just show it to you before you leave. You know, sign Lisa. I could not. Why did she? She was so nice. Why? Why did she just share that love like that? And that is what I I hear stories like that all the time of people close to Prince being generous with that kind of love. That's my dream is to meet Wendy and Lisa. Yeah. I've always felt connected to those two from the movie Purple Rain and then through their careers and seeing the revolution play that night. Oh, my God. Wasn't that amazing? Yeah. Now, now have you seen any of the interviews um, mm-hmm. where they talk about working with Prince and that type of thing? Have I binged watch everything yeah. I could find? Yeah. Yes, I have. Yeah. And what are your thoughts on those? I mean, I really felt like that's one of the silver linings to me is, it, you know, with his passing is being able to hear from these folks that maybe haven't felt comfortable in talking or weren't in a place to talk about things like that but getting that insight has really has really been the cool part about well it's about the tragedy you get behind the curtain on the real relationships and how things can go south but then after time you know those wounds healed mm-hmm. and they got close and thankfully most of the people from prince's musical past like wendy as a great example they ended up mending fences yep. and playing together live i can't even remember uh on Tavis Smiley show. Oh, yeah. They played a song yeah. they played Reflections together. With his purple acoustic guitar. Yes. Yeah. And that was amazing. And I've heard that Prince wrote a song about Win- Wendy on the Emancipation album. And I'm not going to remember which one. Really? But uh, I'm sure people are going to hit me hard on Twitter because everybody's going to know. They're going to like, you idiot, it's this song. Oh, I hope they do because I can't I think, think it's of like it either. In This Bed I Scream, I think is the one. Okay. And, yeah. it, and it's about, a, you know, where did all that these good sense. times go? Yeah. And uh, I feel like he's always had a tight connection and I hated seeing the two of them not have a musical connection. Hearing her talk about how they butted heads, but mm-hmm. then ended up kind of at least reconnecting on a on a lower level right. that made me happy right well, he's a human and you right. know and they were family yeah and i think you know families you know often go through that too where sure. you have disagreements and um, you're not seeing eye to eye and it can last for some time but i, I think that's a, a a good way to describe that relationship all right so what's your number four ship so my number four is um, when I saw Prince in Toronto. It was the Welcome to Canada. I think it was in 2011, and this is also the last time I saw Prince Okay, live. My last time was Welcome to Chicago. Okay. So same tour. Yeah. I have a feeling we're going to have all the same tours. Probably. Yeah, that'd be great. Well, I, I don't think we're very far apart in age, no, and, and um, I think we have a similar similar story of how we found Prince and how, how okay. Prince. So, um, but he opened with gold. Okay. And I had never heard gold live ever and it it's one of my very favorite songs and he came out and he had on a gold outfit right and a gold guitar and at the end gold confetti came oh, falling nice. from, and that's how he the opened sky. the freaking show and that's how he opened the show Jeez. so for me that moment 
you know, just when you think that you've seen it all and you've heard it all and you've watched it all, he does something completely different. Oh, sure. The tears are falling and it was just an amazing moment for me to hear that song live and, and that in the round again and, yeah. you know, with that crowd and with all the passion he put behind it. I remember the very, very first time I saw him live in concert. It was at Fox Theater in Detroit mm-hmm. in 92, I think. It was, the curtain drops and then Prince flies out of nowhere and does a typical Prince scream and all of a sudden it hits me that I'm in the room with Prince. It's a large room, but I'm in the room with Prince. It counts. And I think I was I was probably 18 or 19. I just started crying like a little girl. I couldn't I was overwhelmed. Didn't know that was going to happen. You know <laughs> we never I mean? know that's going to happen. I'm just like, why? Why is my face leaking? I didn't know. Yeah. Uh, that was, oh, it punched me in the gut. I, I couldn't believe that I was right there. And he did like a four hour show. It just blew my freaking mind. So was that Diamond and Pearls then? It was like, or my was name it? is Prince and all okay. that. Yeah. Yep. I can't remember the name of the tour off the top of my head, but it was when he had the Typhoo do and the hat with the chains and the gun mic. Oh, yeah. By the way, if anybody can tell me how to get my hands on a gun mic, I need to get my hands on one of those. <laughs> All right, so what You definitely you... need that down here. Yeah, what was your number three? My number three was when I attended a sound check at the Detroit Opera House. Sound check? Yes. You remember, do you remember the MPG Music Club? The New Power Generation uh, yeah. Music Club? Okay. Prince has taken all of my money, so yes. Yes, so yes, you're well aware of that. <laughs> so there was, and, and I don't remember the, the logistics of it all, but you could put in for these tickets or this opportunity to go see to go to the sound check before the show i, I vaguely remember that Do you they, remember that i remember the website promoted yeah like special and you didn't go huh yeah no i i never i don't think i was smart enough that's actually how i got that guitar was off of that website the blue angel cloud guitar i think that's how we got a lot of our really yeah. cool stuff uh, he was a website genius, he but was. I never took advantage of that, though. So, mm-hmm. th- so the sound check, was that like a real intimate situation? It was. Mm-hmm. There was maybe 50 people, maybe. And we all sat in the seats kind of in the front rows. And you did a little question and answer. I couldn't ask you really? what anybody asked. I kept, you know, the only question I could think of to ask him was, what's your shoe size? Because <laughs> I was just so dumbfounded that I couldn't think of anything smart. But Hi, hi Prince. Can you say my name out loud? That's my question. <laughs> well, that, that would have worked, too. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I need. But he performed at the right. sound check. It started out at first. We're waiting for him. And he's sitting in the back behind all of us. And, and he's got a mic. And all of a sudden you hear him talking and everybody's looking for him. But I think if you've ever watched any of his older videos, that that's where he used to do sound check from was the back of the house. Oh, yeah. He would so he could coach the yep. band through certain yep. things. Yep. Right. So that's basically what he was doing. Um, he played Paisley Park and he played Strollin, you know, just kind of right there with, you know, a few of I think Rhonda was there at the time playing bass. Hmm. I can't remember who else, but that's yeah. pretty cool. All right. So your number two Prince show ever. My number two was Grand Rapids when I was in the front row. What year? 2002. I was hoping we were going to be at the same Grand Rapids. Maybe 2004. What what tour was it? Oh, yeah, it was 2004. What what tour was it? It was... um, No, I was was in Grand Rapids in the the 90s for like Emancipation... Yeah, this was yeah. the Musicology Tour. I went to quite a few of okay. them. So he had Maceo Parker on sax and Greg Boyer on trombone. And they were coming off the stage right right on my side mm-hmm. like I was right by the stairs where they come off stage and they'd come off stage which by the way the brass section for both the welcome tour and the uh, musicology tour were just stupid amazing they would 
big guys with their instruments dancing while they're playing. It was ridiculous. Amazing. And Prince was so into it, too. Oh, yeah. He loves it. I mean, yeah. it was just a lesson. Right. And in, in, in how to how to incorporate a horn section into a you know three-hour show. How to do real music. <laughs> yeah. And a real show. Yes. Real music yeah. for real musicians. Okay. So, sorry. I interrupted you. Um, so, they would come off the stage mm-hmm. for when they weren't, you know, playing any horn parts. And they were right in front of me. And so I got to know him pretty well (laughs) and we were joking around and, you know, everything. And, um, at the end of the show, Prince comes off that side and I hold my hand out and he grabs my hand and I look at him and I say, I love you. And he looked right at me in his low voice and says, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) What great response. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. In the voice. You can probably do it. That low. uh, So you've touched Prince. Yeah. All right. So trying to not hate you. I today. start I immediately problems. crying. Sure. Immediately. Candy Duffler. Remember her? She oh, played saxophone too. freaking love candy. She comes off the stage, sees me crying, grabs me in a huge bear hug. Oh, baby, it's going to be OK. So I'm just crying in Candy's arms. It was nuts. Wow. The whole thing was nuts. Now, for those of you that don't know Candy Dolfer, Candy was with a band that was supposed to open up for Prince on a tour many years ago. For some reason, Prince ended up passing on that band and went with someone else. Candy wrote Prince a letter letting him know that that was a terrible mistake and he's going to regret it, basically, and that she's the best damn sax player that he could have ever heard. He liked the letter and he hired her. And so then, like in the, I want to say it's the song Party Man, he says, when I want sax, I call Candy Candy. That's Candy Dolfer. Yep. She's a saxophone badass. She really is. Great up on stage. Just. Oh, sure. She's perfect. Perfect. All right, so far, um, I hate everything you've said because of your proximity to Prince. <laughs> well, we've already talked about my number one, which is obviously dancing on stage with him. I'm, oh, I'm okay. fairly certain that that's, hard that's the talk. highlight. Sure. I mean, Morris Day at State Theater here in Kalamazoo, you know. Did you get backstage with Morris Day at that show? I did. Yeah. I did, too. Did he? Was he just like a statue? He was. He didn't speak to me. He just stood there and did this weird finger guns thing. <laughs> On the Instagram for my Prince story, there's a picture of Morris Day and me, and he's doing this weird finger guns thing. I don't know what I'm doing, but it's like I'm trying to not touch him. I'm trying to not break any rules. Oh, yeah. And uh, and he's just, he was way taller than I thought. Why did I think that Morris Day was tiny? When I met him, I was like, whoa, he's... He's probably six foot Maybe tall. Maybe Prince played tricks on us back in the day. But the band was awesome. In fact, you bumped into the time after the show that night. I did. Another reason for me to dislike you. <laughs> That's yeah. They're stacking up, Aaron. So I know. I just seem to find myself in the right place at the right time. Um, yeah, we hung out with Jelly B. Johnson. Yes. And he actually got up and played a song at the Union here in downtown Kansas. Was he still wearing his big top hat? He was with the print symbol on it. I love it. Really cool guys. True musicians and and kind and um, you know appreciative of their fans. Yeah. You know, just. Just all around great experience. I love how Morris Day points out, because I've been pointing this out for years to anyone that will listen, that I I love Bruno Mars, but his whole shtick from when he really broke and became huge was from ripping off Morris Day in the time. You can't can't argue that I'm wrong, because I'm not wrong. Like, all of his biggest hits sound like a Morris Day in the time song. And my son loves Bruno Mars. I'm like, hey, buddy. Come, I don't want you just to listen to this. I want you to watch the videos and look at the outfits. 
Same shoes, mm-hmm. same suits, same dance mm-hmm. moves. Morris, during the concert, he had a little yep. something to say about it. Yes, he did. <laughs> and I like that a lot. I do, too. Yeah. But I'm also a Bruno fan. Sure. Um, you know, for me, I... I like seeing that music kind of resurrect itself Mm -hmm. in other musicians. I see it as a compliment to Morris that Bruno's doing that now. Has Bruno come out and given him credit? I don't know. I I, I don't know. I don't don't know. He's talking about how Prince has been a huge influence in his life, Mm -hmm. so I I can only hope that he has mentioned Morris. Right. And let's be honest, love Morris day in the time, but that's music created by Prince anyway. So really, he ripped Prince off. Yeah. It is. Now Morris is never going to do an interview with me because I just said that. Morris Day, I love you. (laughs) Me too. Now let's talk a little bit about Paisley Park because, you know, I've been there three or four times and you've been there. I've only been there once. Okay. I'd like to get back three or four times, huh? Well, because I got to be honest with you. I get lucky. I have a radio convention in either June or July every year that's held in Minneapolis. Why would Meant I go to, to Minneapolis and not yeah. go to Paisley? That's ridiculous. No. Yeah, you have to. Did you do the VIP? I did. Isn't it worth it, though? I, I wouldn't. I don't know why you would do anything but the VIP. Paisley Park, pay me for advertising. <laughs> yeah, the VIP is so, I think yeah. it's like around 90-ish minutes, and the, the tour guides are stupid awesome. Well, it's very overwhelming even just walking, mm-hmm. right when you walk in. I'm, well, I went the month. March after he passed, so not quite mm-hmm. a year. But it felt like everything that was there had been there. Yeah. And they really hadn't moved much. Right. And it, it, you know, I've, just the connection that you feel immediately, not just to Paisley Park and to Prince, but the people you're with. It was really overwhelming and wonderful. What really grabbed you the most about the Paisley Park experience? Um, was it the pancakes? <laughs> did you have the I pancakes? I did not have pancakes. Shame I was on not you. interested in pancakes. I make pretty good pancakes, so. Yeah, but they're know. the pancakes that Prince ate. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. That's my favorite word, allegedly. <laughs> so I'll tell you my favorite part. Okay. So I decided I was going to take notes. Because I didn't know when I was going to get back. You couldn't take pictures. Right. And I wanted to be able to um, jog my memory, which normally you do with pictures, right? So I'm writing in this little notebook. Um, a guy comes up to me and he said, are you a reporter? I'm like, no, no, I'm not a reporter. I'm just taking notes. So I remember it. Well, it turned out it was Prince's, one of Prince's security guards. I'm going to do my best to, to remember this. I was pretty um, overwhelmed by the whole experience, but... You know, I asked him what his favorite room was. This is when we're kind of touring through some of the rooms. And he said this one, it was the room that had all the mirrors in it. And it used to be the um, basketball court. Oh, okay. Okay. And he said the first time he was there, that Prince had him stand at the door to guard it. And no one was around. And he played three different guitars for two plus hours with this guy just standing there. It's like he got his own personal And he said... um, he said it was like a test to see how he would act around him, and he was a security guard for three out for three years. So basically, he just had to stand there. I would have failed. I would have failed too. Because he was funny about that. Mm-hmm. You weren't allowed to fangirl in any That's right. form. You wanted to be focused on your job. If you're guarding yeah. the door, you're guarding the door. Would have failed hardcore. Me too. That that area you're talking about is like that's the entrance to the big sound stage. Yes. So you have you have a big sound stage. Which, when you walk in, it looks like like a, the inside of a ginormous warehouse, which now has everything from cars to uh, instruments set up. You can walk around and check out. I didn't realize the first time I went, but the second time I went, one of the tour guides pointed out that that's where the music video Get Off was filmed. 
So those giant doors when you walk into oh, the soundstage, yeah. there are these two women that open the doors. Oh, well, it's Diamond and Pearl, there, and there's two guys yep. that open the doors, rather. Those two doors, that, those are the doors that begin the video to get off. Okay. And so when you're standing there, you look up at these giant doors, you're like, oh my God, I know these doors. Which that happened a lot, like Sign the Times, you walk into the little club area after the soundstage, and you're like, I recognize all of this from, from Sign the Times. Yep. Sorry, I just yep. hit my tambaraka. There were lots of moments like that where you could recognize certain things and be like, oh my God, the Purple Rain Room. Like, where can I get all this Purple Rain wallpaper? I, I need that wallpaper in my life. You do need that in your life. You know what I'm talking ceiling, about? ceiling, I think. Wouldn't that be cool? That would be awesome. Yeah. I think I think my fiance would eventually have to say, <laughs> I've had enough. I'm out. I think you can squeeze a few more things down here. You think so? I think so, yeah. too. Uh, I'm running out of room. <laughs> I'm going to be on, on hoarders, but it's going to be the most unique hoarders ever. Like, he's hoarding print stuff. That can be your live video. We should do one of those one day. Yeah. How did you discover Prince? Like, what was the moment where all of a sudden Prince became, like, a thing for you? So, I think for me, Prince was a common coming of age tale of a you know teenager that has their own car and has their own money and can buy their own music and I had been you know listening to a lot of rap and R&B I'd grown up on Beatles and um, you know a lot of acoustic type music and you know the Doors and Led Zeppelin and all of that so I really liked the music part of it but you know the R&B and the funk Mm-hmm. That that um, you know the the early '90s brought right. something I really enjoyed. New Jack Swing was my mm-hmm. jam in the '90s. Yeah. Yep, you and me both. I had stumbled upon Prince. I think it was in my psyche before that. I don't know. Did you grow up in this area? Pretty much. I think okay. I, I I moved here when I was 14 or 15. So the formative years for sure were here. Yeah. yeah. So when I was younger, we used to spend the summers out in South Haven. And then, you know, the main drag on North Beach. Mm-hmm. Well, back in the, you know, mid 80s, people would cruise that. And, oh, I, and, and I'm sorry to interrupt you real quick. We have listeners oh, yeah. all the way from okay. like the Netherlands. Yeah. to you know, we're, uh, we're talking about right now we're in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Yes. And South Haven. Right oh, off yeah, of I guess Michigan. I could note that, too. So yeah. South Haven is on a really big lake. Huge lake, lake. Lake Michigan. Yes. Much bigger than Lake Minnetonka. Yeah. Oh, yeah, very much. <laughs> And, um, and I've been topless in that lake. <laughs> so <laughs> if you can imagine back in the 80s, right? you know, all the teen teenagers, you know, all the college kids are coming in. And there's this one street that drives right in front of this massive white sand beach. And everybody's got their windows down and everybody's playing their music. And you're hearing the police and Madonna. And I remember hearing when doves cry. And you remember Doves Cry because there's no bass. I I think it just stands out, especially when it's blasting from a car. So that, I think, that and then seeing the video, um, you know, on on the TV with him crawling towards the camera on the floor when you were young. For the audience, Aaron's Aaron's face changed when she started talking about the video. (laughs) <laughs> that that is a um I think a life changing moment in a young girl's um in world <laughs> starts discovering things about herself. <laughs> so so I think it was already in my psyche and then the the album come was really my 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 prince. Wow, that's the beginning of my prince. I feel you know, like that album does not that, get enough recognition. Underrated would be an understatement. There are a lot of good tracks on that album and i realized that was one of his albums where he was giving a middle finger to warner brothers yes. a yep. very big middle i mean his last song on it was had you yep. do you do you realize his yep. very first song ever was for you and his last song was had you for warner brothers 
that's like it's almost like he planned it from the beginning in 1977 how does he do this stuff he's <laughs> a wizard he is he's a purple yoda he's freaking magic he but uh, that album is awesome. Let It Go got a little bit of radio play. It wasn't like a that big, was it yeah. wasn't like a big radio success. But the album itself, right? Um, wait, let me think here. I I don't know everything about Prince. So I'm going to get th- things wrong. But that's the album that has Papa on it, isn't it? Or do I have the wrong one? No, I don't. Well, oh, Papa, I don't know smack, smack. I think I it's think come. it does. So, so come yep, the come and there's space. But let it go. Oh. Did get um, the airplane? That's what got me intrigued. I think I was right around 16 or 17. My own car CD player, which you know, I thought I was really cool. Um, <laughs> those those were the days. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and um, you know, I'm pretty sure that went. My CD player didn't come out. For yeah. a long time. I remember having that in my car CD player, mm-hmm. playing it over and over and over. Yep. All right. So how do you think Prince has impacted your life? Is there anything about you professionally, personally, anything that you feel like because you so absorbed yourself into Prince world that maybe you've gone a different direction? You know, I was a very, um, I was a high level athlete. I was a gymnast and I did gymnastics in college and I was training all through my life from the time of eight years old. And I think I missed out on a lot of regular experiences. I got to go to some dances and some high school football games here and there. But so I felt like for me, Prince um, was a way for me to experience other cultures and other beliefs and other time and space um and and i and i think that you know it even grew with me even sexuality being you know a 16 year old girl that's in the gym 20 hours a day i mean you know i haven't had a long serious boyfriend i can't do that i don't have time for that but i think it taught me about not just sex but love so i think it kind of coached me along so to speak you know helped direct me through some of those times in my life, especially moving into high school and then moving into college. Um, You know, it's kind of a soundtrack of my life. Is there a song that you directly connect to something really personal in your life? There's some that I'm not going to talk about that connect to my past pretty, pretty uh, intensely. But Adore is my all time. That might, Adore is Adore, my all time favorite Adore comes Prince up song. every episode, by the way. Do, it's that, there's it, no it, reason why it shouldn't. It's the best written song maybe ever. It's got everything. Yeah. It's got everything in it. It's everything that you would want to hear from someone. It's everything you want to say to someone. It's everything you want to feel. You know, you know how like there'll be certain Prince songs where they're like, one or two like perfectly quotable lines the problem is Adore has like a hundred of those <laughs> well if you want to be funny there's the maybe not the ride if uh if you're if you want to really get deep with the with the love lyrics to steal for the love note there's mm-hmm. the love is too weak to describe just what you mean to me god one day struck me blind i mean, the, I mean all still the, see? It, it, the lyrics are so freaking incredible and then that whole song how he does it in that really high what is that falsetto mm-hmm. and then when he breaks into that deeper voice i'll give you my mind he completely changes the tone of his voice i'm like how many layers can this song have stop it. It's a song that can get away with being so long. Because sometimes songs just go too long. That song cannot go too long. It cannot. And whenever I hear like a radio edit played, uh-uh, I'm not happy. Like, how <laughs> can you... Isn't that the truth? The edit cuts off right when it gets funky. I'm like, no! No yeah. cutting there! Yeah. Oh, that's the best song. Is that your favorite, too? It, it connects to certain... Okay. It connects to something yeah. in my life. Yeah. But, uh, but I do feel like when you said soundtrack of your life, I think that's true for a lot of us Prince fam. 
and there are just certain times where this is the album I was banging nonstop, mm-hmm. and this is what was going on in my life, and That's I connect right. those. Yeah, but um. There are albums I go back to a lot because sometimes it's a mood thing. Like one day I found myself listening to Lotus Flower, which I didn't give a lot of play when I first got it. And I was like, Jesus, the songwriting. Why didn't I notice this? Colonized Mind, I feel like he predicted the entire Mm -hmm. Trump presidency. And like there are all of these things. Forever. Yeah. I think that's in there. Forever. That's a great song. So that's one of those songs that... When I heard it, it reminded me of a few like years past, you know, of of someone special years past. And that's a great song because it's simple yet powerful. Yeah. It's not like this big opera song. That's right. Like he can do sometimes. Yep. It's it's just simple and perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, from uh, from the parade album, sometimes I love to go back to another lover. Like you need a hole in your head, baby, baby. There's something about that song. Yeah. So I guess it just depends on the time. Or the mood I'm in. Yeah, yeah. There's I've just been, so much um, work. I've been really. I've been listening to Private Joy quite a bit off a of controversy. Whoa, going back. You should re-listen to that song. Prince grew so much between controversy and Purple Rain. Absolutely. That it's. I mean, he is a different artist for every album. Like you can't love sexy and sign the times came out a year apart but they are not the same album not even in the ballpark right nope. you can say the same thing for any prince album back to back but the distance that he went from controversy to 1999 then purple rain it is so crazy it doesn't sound like the same human at all no, it doesn't. Except for the confidence piece, because I listened to Private Joy mainly for the part where he says, if anybody asks you, you belong to Prince. I do like that line a lot. I mean. Yeah, I, I put that up there with the acknowledge me. That's what yeah. it kind of reminds yeah. me of. Um, <laughs> exactly. So that's actually a really solid album for being, that was in 1979, 1980, 1980. Yeah. Uh, if I had to pick like certain songs from an album, they're always going to be songs that weren't singles, right? Because mm-hmm. we've all heard all the hits. But for me, it's going to be from 1999. It's going to be Something in the Water Does Not Compute. I just love how okay. different and crazy that song is. I love Prince Screaming. Prince Screaming is kind of a thing. I <laughs> is love that. it? Yeah. Computer Blue from Purple Rain, which the revolution opened up the show in Chicago with. Oh, did And they? I just about peed myself <laughs> because I literally whispered to a couple friends of mine that were with me. I pray they play that song because I've never heard that live. And I love the dueling guitar solos in it. And when they opened it up, I looked over at mm-hmm. them like like it was for me. Like it was my birthday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I always like you. to pick those tracks from albums that aren't like the big hits. And I feel like they're mine in a way. You know yeah. what I mean? 1999 has a ton of songs. Like, what, what would be your favorite if you had to pick one from that album? Lady Cab Driver, hands down. Oh, that's a good one. Hands down. I, and I actually heard Lenny Kravitz do a cover of that, and it was really cool. Really? Yeah. I'm going to have to look that one up later. I, I'm not a huge fan of people doing Prince covers, but Lenny gets a free pass all day long. So I don't know if you've ever listened to The Purple Current, which is Minnesota's mm-hmm. public oh, radio yeah. station. Yes. And they do a Purple Hour mm-hmm. every day. And they end the Purple Hour with a cover, with someone covering Prince no every day. And and that's been really cool doing that. Um, I, I actually... I, I love going to concerts, and this is going to seem strange, and people ask me, Aaron, how do these genres even connect? But I'm a really big bluegrass fan. Wow. And Did not see that uh, coming. Yeah, no. So, and I you tried mean like, it. You mean like Nickel Creek or even like 
I mean, like, like way more Kentucky than that. No, probably Nickel Creek. Like, okay. um, I'm a big Avett Brothers fan. Sure, and okay. I'm a huge Green Sky Bluegrass fan. Gotcha. Kind of um, an alti country kind of thing. Alt, yeah, jam Absolutely. band type thing. And I that still is way different than Prince. But it, okay. it's way different. Yeah, I have heard all of them do Prince covers. What? I will pay money that I don't have to see Nickel Creek do a Prince song. I haven't heard Nickel Creek, but Green Sky's done Doves. Right. And so has Avon Brothers. And I've seen both of them do it live. Everybody lately that brings up When Doves Cry never says the whole title. I think it's because they're so sick of the song. Possibly. Everybody it's calls it Doves time. or Doves Cry or something. I don't know. It's That was his biggest hit ever. So if you're like a Hashtag true Prince fan, you're just like, yeah, it's his big yeah. hit. We get it. Yeah. It's what people know that don't really love Prince. Yeah. That's the, we're kind of, we're kind of, yeah. well, that's, I do like that. I've seen a lot of country artists mm-hmm. do Prince uh, covers. Mm-hmm. In fact, there's a satellite channel, the Garth channel, that constantly plays Prince. Oh, which really? makes no sense to me. <laughs> See, if you could meet any, let's call him a Prince person, any Prince person, someone that was in Prince's life, whether it's musician, like like somebody from the Revolution, or Maite, if you could be any of those people, actually spend time with one of those Prince people, who would you choose? Wow. Um, well, I read Maite's book. And I loved it. Some Prince fans are a little eh about it, and I loved it. Did you read I it? Loved I loved it. it. I'll I be was... honest, I did the audiobook. I'm not a reader. Oh, but, uh, okay. I loved it. It still counts. It does, because she did the, she read it. Did she? So I feel like I won twice. I, I would love to, you know, talk to her about writing that book and, yeah. and how that that went if that was something that she had always thought about or how long it took the emotional part of it and then i think maybe i'm i'm <laughs> i don't know who else maybe um suzanne Melvin. suzanne and melvoin yeah am i saying her name i think right? so yes okay for the record i've been in radio since the early 90s so i've met every famous person right it's not a big deal it's a part of the job you learn how uncool it can be to be famous. But when it comes to Prince people, all bets are off. That's, I, I become... I would hope so. I become a 15-year-old girl in front of a boy <laughs> band. I can't help it. I In Minneapolis, when I went to the big Prince tribute thing after he passed, we had gone to all these shows and I was exhausted. We go back to the hotel. We get on the elevator. And at the, at the big Prince tribute show at, at the big Coliseum in Minneapolis, the music director that was on stage for the whole thing was Morris Hayes. I look over to my yeah, right. Genius. They're from there with him yeah. since their early days. Really. I look to my right and Morris is standing there in a trench coat looking all exhausted. And I was like, oh, my God, I completely lost my damn mind. <laughs> oh, my God, you're Morris Hayes. And he was like, hey, how are you? And he shook my hand like, oh, my God, I was an idiot. I was an idiot. And Susanna, my fiance, is just watching it happen. And she's never seen that side of me before. And she's just laughing out loud. And I, I can't control wait, wait. myself. She's never seen that side of you before? Not not, not like not I've quite to that extent. That it, it's okay. like, yeah, yeah, who cares? They're just people. But then they're Prince people. I can't find that humanity. I just become an idiot. And I missed my floor. And I, and I looked over at Morris. So I, <laughs> I missed my floor. I was an idiot. <laughs> I lost my mind. Because I've seen him in like a million videos uh, I don't know. It was, and then he was just on stage with all these people that I respect. That that was incredible. I, I, I was going to ask you about ask you about that. Um, I didn't attend that. I haven't attended any of the celebrations, and I'm curious to know what you thought and uh, how it was put together. And we were disappointed because all of the huge headliners that were supposed to be there mm-hmm. all pulled out at the last minute. John Mayer was supposed to be there, mm-hmm. pulled out. Christina Aguilera pulled out. 
Anita Baker pulled out. So we're just like, dang. But hey, bucket list. We checked off uh, Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Stevie Wonder was there. Uh, there were a lot of big names there. I, I, I did want to see John Mayer. That guy plays some mean guitar. Yes, he does. I wanted to see him do a Prince guitar solo like it's nobody's business. So I was bummed that that didn't happen. But no, it, it, it was cool. Morris staying the time. They were amazing. Uh, and, you know, Morris Hayes doing his thing. That was great. The, the whole experience. It's just all about the experience, though. Mm-hmm. All of these people that are all there for the same reason. Right. Yeah. So I what, loved it. what do you think about the revolution and the time touring? I love that. It's like a like a lot of other Prince people as as we we lost this artist and meant so much to us. We're all just clamoring to get some sort of I don't want to say piece of them because that's wrong, but it's just like you don't want to let it die. Right. And and this is keeping it alive in some way where we can go see Morris Day come to Kalamazoo and then you're going to see the revolution in Detroit. I'm going to see them in Chicago and and they just keep touring. I've got to see the MPG. I love the new power generation, Levi Caesar. You let me know when you go. Yeah, Levi Caesar is one of my favorite guitar players. That's what my uh, dog is named after him. Uh, really? Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony B. A lot of people give Tony B flack. They're like, we don't like the rap stuff that Prince did. I love it. I love all that. Jughead, make fun of it all you want. That's my jam. <laughs> Kick in the Jughead. Don't care. I love all the uh, the Tony B stuff, or Tony M stuff. Um I don't know why I just call him Tony B. Tony M. I want to see the new power generation next. Fingers crossed. I am so for them. A lot of people are, or I shouldn't say a lot. I've heard some people make comments about them making a money grab mm-hmm. off of the tragedy of Prince's death. And I just right. don't see it that way. The revolution put it best. Yeah. Let's heal together. Yep. I 100% am on board with that. Yep. I agree with that. Um, on April 20th, I'm going to see Sheila E in the time. Very, yeah, very I'm nice. Pretty excited. I have not yeah. seen Sheila E. So I'm really excited about that. Oh, she's a class act. Have you seen her live? She, she was at the, uh, at the show that I was at. Oh yes. And, okay. And right after Prince died, uh-huh. I jumped in my car and just drove to Minneapolis. Oh, <sighs> And I was standing outside of Paisley Park with a bunch of other Prince fans. We're just standing around. And then Sheila E. pulls up. And we didn't realize this, but the funeral is basically happening. And so I got to see Sheila E. kind of close up. At, you know, it's amazing. Terrible moment. But um, yeah, I, I love me some Sheila E. On April 20th of this year, I'm doing something princey as well. What are you doing? I don't know how much of this I can say right now, but... A celebrity that I recently found out is a huge Prince fan. Okay. Puts on a Prince-themed party every year around the anniversary of his passing. Okay. He invited me to go in Hollywood. So in Hollywood, it's a big soundstage. A bunch of famous people will be there. So it's... I don't know that much about it, but... Uh, and I don't want to spoil anything and get my invitation pulled, but so I bought my plane tickets. I'm going to Hollywood and going to a Prince themed party. I am so excited. I can't stand myself. Well, we expect a podcast from Hollywood. Uh, yeah. In fact, I've already lined up podcast episodes uh, with quite a few. Uh, there's a guy from TMZ there. There's a person that I love very much. It's a Prince fan that she's also a comedy writer. Okay. She wrote for Rosie O'Donnell and got to meet Prince when Prince did Rosie. Remember that Oh, show? I remember that. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. And right now she's doing a show with uh, Busy Phillips called, oh. uh, was called Busy Tonight. I hope I didn't get that wrong. Yeah. So I, I have a few people lined up, but I just can't wait just to be at this party. That sounds epic. 
Yeah. I'm super excited for you. All right. Well, thank you so much for this spending time. This has been so enjoyable. Oh. Thank you for just giving me an opportunity to talk about, you know, something I'm so passionate about. And My it's, pleasure. It's great to meet, you know, friends that feel like family once, once you know they're Prince fans. Get show notes, pictures, and more info on My Prince Story at MyPrincePodcast.com. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at My Prince Podcast. My Prince Story is recorded in my cozy Prince basement in Kalamazoo, Michigan. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. We all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.